0: What's going on, man? It's Brett Romberg here with Out the Huddle Podcast. Voice sounded a little rough. Had a big weekend. Oh, yeah. Macho style. Got after it on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit of Monday, too. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. Got into the wrestling mode really quick. Let's get into it fast, man. I want to talk about Ja'Kai Clark. It seems like everybody wants to talk about Ja'Kai Clark, right? I got to see him early on and often actually spoke to him when he transferred on in. at a high school young man, 18 years old, and looking real promising. The minute that I saw him, you could tell he's got a baby face. He's young, right? You could tell that he's he's not all there yet with his manhood. But, uh, but 6'2", 310 pounds out of Loganville, GA, his body type is just all center. And I know some people are talking about him. He was supposed to come in here and eventually take over the center spot. But uh, fortunately for the Miami Hurricanes, they got Corey Gaynor who also is a big enough body and still has plenty of years left uh, to play uh, guard as well. Um, if they do need Corey Gaynor to go back to guard in order to facilitate, it's something that you never really want to hear as a player to be perfectly honest. I, I actually had to make the jump very similar to Corey. Like I think I talked about it in the first podcast that that Corey and my collegiate uh, beginning is, is pretty similar. We played our first season uh, the next year ended up redshirting because of an ankle injury, and then uh, going into our sophomore redshirt sophomore year as the actual starting center for the University of Miami. And I think that uh, Jakai Clark—they're getting him reps at right guard. They're kind of grooming him in the same way that I was groomed in, when I was backing up Rich Mercier. Uh, the only difference is Jakai Clark is now starting. So shout out—I uh, know he's learning every single day. He's learning something new. Sometimes he looks at you with like a deer-in-the-headlights kind of look when he's trying to go ahead and take in all the information that the coach has given him. But for the most part, you're, 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 you're going to be happy with what six two three ten 3'10", J'Kai Clark is going to be doing. And right now he's only 18 years old. He's already been thrown into the fire with the whole North Carolina first start ever, sold-out crowd, kind of did pretty decent, if you really think about it. Didn't do horrible, um, especially coming off of the massive shakeup after the Florida game where we gave up. 1,847 sacks, but like we spoke about, the majority of those were on the outside because the interior three played pretty decent. But just like an NFL roster, you got to put your best five on the field and you got to find a way to make that work. And you could see, as time is going on right now, you could see that these guys are starting to work well together. And to try to relate this to to the back-in-my-day segment that I like to do once in a while, shout-out Greg Cody here in South Florida. Um... It really does resemble, not talent wise, uh, but it really does resemble that 2000, 2001, 2002 situation with the Miami Hurricanes. You don't have a, a monster six foot nine, 350 pound transfer out of New Jersey from a Juco like Bryant McKinney, but you get guys that, for the most part, aren't as athletic or I guess you can say physically gifted as the majority of those big stud offensive linemen are throughout the rest of the country. Uh, but you're getting guys that are learning by fire. And I think that you tend to lean on the guy beside you a lot more when you have to learn by fire. I did. Uh, I'll never, you know, I'll never take all the um, all, all the award and all the sunshine uh, for, from what I received in college with the All-American stuff and the Remington stuff. The only reason why I even think I got looked at for that stuff was was because of the Bryant McKinney's and the Joaquin Gonzalez's and the Shirkos and the Biblas and the Vince Wilforks and Chris Myers. It just seems like every single time we put somebody in, we were all plugged in, man. We 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 hung out together so much off the football field and we hung out so much on the on the football field and in the in the meeting rooms that uh, that you had no choice but to keep up or bounce. So It seems like they're really bringing along Ja'Kai and obviously Zion out on the left-hand side, who's growing and getting better and learning the snap count and doing all the things that I talked about that we're gonna need to learn. And like I said, we are gonna have some bumps and bruises. We are gonna have some trials and tribulations and the ebbs and flows and the roller coaster season and all that other stuff. But what I like is it seems like these guys are starting to gel a little bit. Granted, it came against a team like Bethune-Cookman, which I warned you wasn't going to be that much of a challenge to begin with but you're getting reps. You're getting playing time. You're getting game situations. You're getting a little bit more than an elevated practice would be. It's, it's, I'm not saying that it's like real-life flying bullets under fire because it's Bethune-Cookman, but think about it. That's about as close to game-time situations as you can possibly get because, yes, dum-dum, I know you just said it's a game. I understand that. But when you're going against a team like Bethune-Cookman, who, for the most part to me, is not that much worse than the team we're about to face this weekend, Central Michigan. I think that these guys are learning how to play as an offensive line. They're learning to communicate more. They're they're doing some of the things that Brian McKinney and myself talked about when we went in there this offseason, and throughout camp for that matter. You're going to learn the playbook. That's not the question mark. You're going to have to learn the playbook. It's the little tricks and the little fun things that you can do while you're playing the game and executing your playbook. Because when the play is called, even if you're doing a, a two-play call in the huddle, it's like second nature for you to go ahead and go against the defense that you're about to face or one of the many defenses that you prepared for. It's it's second nature. So now it becomes the other two and a half seconds as you're walking to the offensive line, uh, the line of scrimmage, now you could think about like things you can do to mess up the guy across from you. Whether that's telling the right tackle that – Hey, hey, down block, down block, down, 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 down. Which unless you are borderline critically insane and you don't understand the guy across from you speaking English, as a defensive lineman or as a defensive end, you're going to be like, okay, down. That means this guy's coming down right now. And then all of a sudden, I just got earholed by a tight end. Like that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about mixing things up a little bit and being at an understanding level with the guy beside you. And it seems like this little group of five right now that we got going on, it seems like they're starting to get things moving a little bit. They're, they're starting to, to cohese, if you will. That cohesion that Dan Enos was talking about at the beginning of this week and how he said he doesn't like to give anybody any praise, but apparently the offensive line deserves some praise. They didn't have any pressures. Yeah. They didn't have any pressures this game. They had one pressure, and that was due to a running back blown assignment. But – when when you go from 10 sacks down to four, down to zero pressures, and again reiterating the fact that it's Bethune Cookman, I understand you don't have any werewolves on the defensive front, but still you're starting to take a little bit of pride now. Now you're getting recognition from a coach. You're getting the pat on the back, the attaboy. That I don't care who you are, you always like recognition. You don't need to be singled out or given a trophy and have it put in your locker and all that other stuff. But it's always nice to be reminded once in a while, like, hey, I see the good work you're doing. Keep it up. Pat on the back, man. I think it's like Corporate America 101, right? You just, as a boss, you get in there and you just, you give out praise. You make your employees feel good about themselves and I feel like it's gonna it's gonna help out in the long run and, and as long as Corey Gaynor is not trying to tell the right guard or the left tackle that he wants to beat their ass because they're not playing properly, I think that's good. Keeping Corey Gaynor... In with the mix and having his guys playing well beside him, even if he does have to tell them what to do half the time, that's okay. I had to tell the majority of the guys I played with half the time what the hell they're doing. Richie Incognito, guy didn't cure cancer. It's not like he's a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon. I think we all know that. But yeah, man, there's, you just got to point, let them know where they got to go. So Corey's starting to learn how to do that and how to kind of basically uh, be uh, the conductor of that symphonic orchestra that I was talking about, that, that the guy's up front, making everything look real, real nice and working hard. So, shout out to Jacly Clark. Number 53, you're gonna see him lining up at right guard again this weekend. Young 18-year-old man, and I think he's gonna do pretty good. Him, along with Zion out there, and you got big, big nasty Nivon, man. Everybody kept yelling at me through the through the social media, letting me know that I was spot on. Hell yeah, I know I'm spot on, man. You don't need to tell me I'm right. Navon needs to lose weight. He, and you know what the funny thing is? All the guys tell me that they never see him eating. That's the funny thing. They never, you know that? Like there's a lot of people in the world. Like you you got a lot of fat friends or you got some friends that you know of or maybe some coworkers that you're like, how the hell are these people fat if they don't eat? I guarantee you Navon Donaldson is sleeping underneath a Costco bag with 450 MMs ms chocolate bars. He's got a little snack drawer. Navon, don't hate. I know you do, man. We all had our little snack drawers, just some are bigger than others. Moving on into Dan Enos, so I want to talk about his offense, climbing the charts, not necessarily at a blazing speed, but but definitely doing a lot of better things than they were last year at this point in time. So right now we're currently number 60 in the country in rushing. We're averaging about 174.3 yards a game. And then on the passing situation is one of the biggest differences I'm seeing, and large in part being to, yes, our receivers, yes, KJ, uh, yes to having a decent running game. That's going to go ahead and help everything that we're doing at that quarterback position. But Jaron Williams continues to do well and become better and learn more. Did he have a couple bad balls? Yeah. Did he underthrow somebody? Yeah, I know he underthrew Pope. I know he tried to get the ball into some traffic as well, taking a shot. But he's understanding his arm strength. That's what he's learning right now going through these different games that he's not exactly under crazy amounts of stress because of the opponent, but learning more of the offense, which is what we need. Learning more about Dan Enos, which we all are trying to learn more about him. He's basically, and I think he's even the one that said it, that, that he's using calculus when the other guys are on Algebra 1 right now. So we really still don't know the capability of Dan Enos's offense. And right now at 31 in the country on passing with 285.3 yards, I think we're moving, man. We're light years ahead of what we were last year in the passing game. Now we got ourselves the QB, and we got ourselves a nice offensive coordinator that is able to call some crazy passing. Let's get into this crazy, batshit offensive coordinator that uh, I've probably called an asshole three or four different times on this podcast, but, but he's our asshole, and we like him. That's the whole point. He's the guy that you needed to come in here and bark. I've mentioned it before. He has to be this guy, and now, unfortunately for Central Michigan, he's going to get a little bit of a, a little bit of a comeback situation. I know they always ask players all the time, "What kind of chip on the shoulder do you have?" Or you're playing against a former team. Well, Dan Enos. Not sure if everybody knows this or not, but Dan Enos used to be the head coach of Central Michigan for five years. The reason why Dan Enos left Central Michigan, he flat out said it at the press conference because the athletic director and the staff didn't give me what I was giving them. Crazy, right? He basically said he was pouring his heart and soul into that program. And when you pour your heart and soul into a program and you don't get that the same type of passion back, he said that his best decision was uh, was ultimately at that point in time to just get up and move on and head on over to Arkansas. Then obviously moving on to the Alabama Crimson Tide, but but Dan Enos is gonna have his little revenge game, I guess you can say, this weekend. I know he's got bigger fish to fry, and he's been at the upper echelon, he's worked with Tua and the Heisman stuff, and but it's always good. Trust me, it's always good to remind those who had you in the past what they're missing out on, right? Isn't it? Tell me you haven't gone back to your hometown or your high school and maybe checked out that reunion and all of a sudden you had to go get your haircut and you had to lose 35, 45 pounds and go ahead and get back in there and see what all them ladies were missing. Come on, big fella. I know you might not have been the coolest guy in high school, but it's always good to go back there and let them know what you are now. You know what I mean? I'm not speaking from personal experience, but I might be. I'm just saying. So Danny knows has a big weekend. Uh, we are playing the shark humper, you know who he is, Mr. McIlwain, the shark humper, well, he, he denies it, you know, he he denies being on that boat, and that being him, but hot damn, man, that looks pretty damn close to what Jim McIlwain would look like bare ass if he's laying on top of a nice mako shark, just saying, just saying, He's also turning things around up there in Central Michigan as well, other than the 61 thumping that he ended up taking from Wisconsin. That's the only thing that looks pretty bad on his resume, but he's already gone multiplied the winning column than he did last year and turning the program around. Apparently the students are behind him quite a bit as well. It's not like he's, he's played the world beaters or anything. I know they've got Akron and played against a few different other teams. Nothing, uh, nothing stellar, but, but he is turning the program around slowly but surely. As long as he just stays off the belt, man. You know what belt I'm talking about. Nice fishing belt. Keep the gear on is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? They're saying he's up there in overalls now living on a lake and on a farm and stuff. I would be too. Christ, if I was caught laying bare ass on a shark, I'd go move on to a farm as well. That's pretty embarrassing. But again, allegedly. Because he said. That wasn't me in that photo. So... University of Miami taking on the Central Michigan Chippewas this weekend at Hard Rock Stadium at four o'clock Saturday afternoon. I hope you're going to be there, man. I hope you guys showed up and repped for Bethune as well. I know the weather was kind of kind of questioning, but uh, is it just me or is every single badass quarterback in the NFL seem to be getting hurt or getting dinged up? I've never seen anything like this before, man. the 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 names are staggering. Do you know that like Vegas right now is, is coming up with some real hard times, daddy? They're, they're like switching betting lines and everything, man. It's getting crazy because you have guys like Drew Brees out with broken fingers. Ben Roethlisberger ripping apart his elbow. He's done for the season. He's on IR. The Jets' backup, backup is done. They had to go third string now. Nick Foles hurt his shoulder early on. Sam Darnold's out with mono. Andrew Luck, retired. Who's next, man? Who's next? Cam Newton. Got a little foot situation going on. Limping and pimping around on on Thursday Night Ball. He ended up struggling a little bit. They find out he's got something going on with his foot. It's messing with Vegas, man. Trying to place a bet. Fantasy teams are getting destroyed. Oh, Christ, don't get me started with this whole, my fantasy team is all done now. Come on, man. Yeah, you got some big names out of the NFL season right now, and one of the biggest names in the NFL season right now is Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. But you know what his real name is? I don't know if you know this or not. Dak Prescott's real name is Rain Dakota Prescott. Damn, that sounds country, doesn't it? That's like Montana-type mountain. I'm talking mountain oysters when you got the goats and you take the goat balls. Those are called mountain oysters. Yes, sir. Dak Prescott, Rain Dakota Prescott, is looking to go ahead and get some buku, buku money, ladies and gentlemen. This conversation has been going on with Jerry Jones now for about 10 days. The only reason why he hasn't been paid yet is who the hell knows, man? Everybody keeps throwing up the same question mark. Why isn't Jerry just paying him? Because the the, the the cha-ching, cha-ching meter keeps getting higher and higher every single weekend. Apparently, they're really close to a number. Apparently, they got, they got it all kind of evened out. Both sides are right around the same ballpark when it comes to what they're asking for. So just to give you some numbers, he was rumored to be offered $30 million last month. That was the rumor. That was the number. So my guess is it can't be much further north than that, but he's had a couple badass weeks. Yeah. Really badass weeks. He's making some crazy things happen over there, man. Yards wise. I think he's at like 675 yards right now passing. He's third in the NFL. His quarterback rating is tied for first right now at 142 and change. Crazy, man. I think it went from like $26 million to $30 million or something like that right now. And, and I think what they're looking at is Jared Goff's contract, that four-year $134 million deal that he got. But what's insane is the $110 guaranteed. That's that crazy freaking money, man. Dak Prescott, he's earning it, though. Big difference this year? My man Frederick's up front. Big center. They didn't have him last year. That and obviously Zeke the Freak. Having those two guys back on this offense, working, grinding, allows Dak to do a lot more, man. he's even He just seems even more mobile, running around a little bit better as well. So look for Dak Prescott to probably go ahead and seal up some kind of deal here in the near future. My guess is he will be the highest-paid quarterback. I do believe he's going to pass Jared Goff, depending on how they're going to structure that deal, though, because they got a lot of money out on that roster, man, a lot. But I'm looking for Dak to go ahead and break the bank and get that elite money. Just enough to piss off everybody, Aaron Rodgers in particular. But we'll see. We'll see. Injury rise with the Canes. Hopefully, we got Mark Pope back and Romeo Finley. I know they got hurt in the second half of that game against Bethune Cookman. They didn't practice on Tuesday. I think they were about to get in there on Wednesday. Probably some limited stuff. Maybe not, though. Who knows, man? And then uh, they got to get back and get right. Again, it's Central Michigan. You know it's unfortunate that we got him dinged up in the in the second half of a game against Bethune Cookman, a game that we won sixty three to nothing. But we're not at a place in time right now where our players can say we have enough reps. We could take the afternoon off. We can we can sit on the bench for a half of football. So we need to stay healthy and get right for the fall. No man, we're not at a place right now where we can do that. We need reps. We need guys getting in there. Unfortunately, getting hurt. So shout out to Pope and Finley. Hopefully they get back in and get ready to go again here this weekend on Saturday. Uh, Lorenzo Lingard was also a little bit dinged up and absent from practice on Tuesday, so hopefully everything's cleaned up with him and as for an injury report, I think that's it, man. We're pretty unscathed right now. Knock on some wood. Just a matter of going in and taking on the Chibawas. Central Michigan, man. Never played these guys ever before. This is the first time we get to do it and unfortunately for us, our offensive coordinator is their former head coach. So it's the Asshole versus shark humper this weekend. Can't wait to watch it, man. I also want to let everybody know what's going down tonight locally here. If you're a local listener, you download the podcast Thursday mornings. Tonight, it's going down at Tank Brewery right there in Doral. It's between Northwest 36 and Northwest 58th Street exit right off of 72nd there. Tank Brewery, you've seen them on the taps, man. They're everywhere here in South Florida. They're at just about every single restaurant you can get a craft beer at. They're the Freedom Tower beer, they got uh, they got a nice, nice blonde lager that they got out right now. Real nice, beachy theme, pretty-looking can. But yeah, it's going to go down tonight there at Tank. I'm going to be interviewing a former friend of mine, still a current friend, but a former acquaintance guy by the name of Marcus. You know him as Souls by Sir. The guy customizes just about all the big wigs in sports. You got Conor McGregor's boots, you got Floyd Mayweather's boots, you got their shoes, you got just about every single predominant badass athlete on every single NFL team. He's doing Drew Brees' stuff, never ending, always customizing Souls by Sir. Don't matter what sport you're in, you need a pair of cleats, a pair of shoes, a pair of boxing shoes, whatever it is, man, Souls by Sir is your guy. And I want everybody to come over to Tank tonight to go ahead and take a listen to what we got going on. I want everybody to learn his story, man. It's a really cool story, how it all started out, the different businesses that he's been in, local Miami kid as well. He is Spanish and he is a redhead, which is always, always an interesting, interesting conversation. So come on out to Tank Brewery tonight, seven o'clock going down we're going to sit around maybe have a couple pops go ahead and jump around smoke a cigar or two, make my voice sound real real nice for the weekend again it's brett romberg tonight with souls by sir over at tang brewery brought to you by right side this is me roms checking out of the out the huddle podcast